Welcome to the Modern Husbands Podcast, where Dr. Ross, Christian, and Brian host national experts who share ideas to manage money and the home as teammates. June is Men's Health Month, encouraging boys and men to take charge of their overall health by implementing healthy living decisions. The state of men's mental health in America is dire, and we aim to do our part to do something about it. For today's show, we welcome Justin Burpickler, a men's health advocate, testicular cancer survivor, and the founder of a ballsysenseofhumor.com. And we promise to have a few laughs along the way in today's show. Justin will share how he got through cancer during a tur- turbulent marriage, focusing on his mental well-being and managing his physical health in the ways he could. Justin and his blog have won numerous advocacy and awareness awards and was recognized by Healthline as one of the best men's health blogs for 2020. Enjoy the show. Justin, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm ready to get this ball rolling. <laughs> oh, you're off to a great start. <laughs> always like to open with a pun. <laughs> I was a little slower on that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, went, you, went, you went straight to it. Uh, <laughs> Can can you walk us uh, through what your life was like uh, before you had discovered that that you had cancer? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was 25 years old at the time. It, it was the fall of 2016 uh, is when my um, all my diagnosis really came to a head here. Uh, and at the time, I thought I was living my best life. Um, I had recently bought a house. Um, I had changed from teaching fourth grade in one school to a little bit more of an affluent school district. Um, just, you know, I was, as far as I could tell, I was healthy. Um, everything, everything was going really well in my life. Um, I've, you know, found out that things were not quite going on well, uh, physically, but then as I went, went through this process, I realized that I really wasn't living my best life in any capacity. I was kind of living through a, you know, a, a, prototypical checklist life like i you know i wanted to do this do this do this without really thinking like is that what i really want to do but um at the time i thought i was having the the greatest experience of my life but you know things things changed rather quickly in october of 2016 so so from your perspective things were going really well and then you got this diagnosis Mm -hmm. so can you tell us a little bit about how i guess you initially managed this diagnosis yeah so i Transparently, I didn't do a great job uh, from the emotional side. I kind of went into battle mode. Um, I wanted to do whatever I could. I remember when I, uh, you know, I had found my, um, my my lump through a self exam, and I went to a couple doctors. And then when the the urologist finally told me um, that I was most likely cancer, I just remember feeling so numb and just being like, "Okay, well." I, what I literally said to him was, I'll, I'll get back to you on that one, um, which is not really something you're supposed to say when you're told you're, you're diagnosed with cancer. So I was, you know, that I left his office. He, he wanted me to he wanted to schedule my surgery like immediately because testicular cancer can be very aggressive. Um, and I told him I wasn't ready to commit to a surgery. Um, I called him back later that evening and said uh, we would do the surgery. So I went from. Uh, you know, having a 
an area of concern to having a surgery scheduled in less than a week. So I, and then, you know, they did the surgery and they did scans and found that had spread to some of my lymph nodes. So I was going to need chemo. So within, and chemo was going to start a month after surgery. So within six weeks, I went from, from what I could tell was perfectly healthy to you're a cancer patient now. Um, and so I, I really did, I compartmentalized a lot. It was a lot of the, you know, this is what I need to do. This is what I'm going to do. And we're just going to get through each day. So initially I didn't, you know, it, I, again, like prior to cancer, I thought I was managing fine. I was, you know, told I had to do chemo every day for nine weeks or something like that. Um, and it's like, all right, well, yes, I'm going to have to be watching a lot of Netflix for the next nine weeks. Um, and it was really just a lot of, you know, doing, doing what I was told and not thinking about it too much. How did you stay focused on your own physical and mental well-being during that time? Yeah. So the physical well-being, uh, that was per- my main focal point while I was going through cancer um, and chemo. I-, I really did whatever was best for my body at that time. There would be times where I would sleep for, you know, I'd sleep overnight, go to chemo, come back, go to sleep for the afternoon, wake up, try to eat a little bit of dinner which was normally Chick-fil-A or pizza. So like I didn't eat the healthiest, um, but it was really whatever could, could sit with me. Um, while my mental well-being, as I've kind of alluded to, I didn't do a great job of prioritizing that during cancer. It was well after cancer is when I started realizing the mental health ramifications of going through cancer. And really that I, you know, I, I spent such a long time fighting to save my life. Now I needed to spend a lot of time fighting to save my, my mental uh, health side of things. So, um, you know, I felt, I, I always said as my physical health was getting better, once I finished chemo and everything was clear and I was in remission, my body started rebuilding itself. My hair came back. I started having more energy. My mental health was taking a nosedive. So I eventually started seeing a therapist. I went on medication. I did meditation. I did all sorts of different things to really then prioritize my mental health. Um, and that was, that's something I still continue to do during this day. It's, you know, it's been about coming up on about five and a half years since diagnosis and my life has completely changed, um, since then. And I would say every change that has, has changed since then has been a positive change. And like I said, that I thought in 2016, I was living my best life. Now in 2023, I really am living my best life. Um, and a lot of that came from prioritizing my mental health and making sure that I was doing things that were good for me, um, that brought me joy, brought me happiness and really brought me meaning versus just trying to go through a checklist of type of things. So it was, you know, I, I wish I could give you that answer. I took care of my physical health by working out and eating healthy, but I just told you I slept and I ate junk food a lot. (laughs) And then I also told you I didn't prioritize my mental health, but I eventually once I got through everything, I realized the importance of, again, taking care of your physical health um, and, you know, not eating Chick-fil-A for every meal because not only is that a healthy, it's super expensive to eat a Chick-fil-A nowadays, too. Like, yes, it is. I'll, I'll bring Chick-fil-A to my son at lunch um, at the school and it's like 20 bucks for the two of us. And I'm like, how did that happen? Yeah, it's like $9 for a regular meal now. It's, I know. It's crazy. It's my, so expensive. My son spent 17 by himself the last time we were there. <laughs> yeah. 
I, and I, I just have a quick question, Justin, because you, you brought up that you, uh, you did see a psychiatrist and a psychologist, and I'm glad you did because unfortunately men who commit suicide at four times the rate as women, um, they struggle uh, with the idea of going to find help. Now, they'll, they'll go to a doctor if they're physically injured. They'll um, go to the gym to make themselves more physically fit. But there's some sort of taboo around um, you know, your mental well-being, which is, which is dangerous. What, was there something that like, triggered it where you realized, you know what, I, I really need to get some you know, professional assistance to work through this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was an all, I'll remember this till the, my last day on earth, um, that it was, I noticed that I was starting to slip into some depressive tendencies. And, um, you know, when I was in high school, I had a lot of si- suicide ideation and self-harm and stuff. And I started recognizing those same signs again, because of like the stigma, like you mentioned, I didn't want to admit that to anyone, most of all myself. Um, but then it started, I started having a little bit of a thinking. I was like, I just spent nine weeks fighting for my life to stay alive. I, I don't want to just be alive. I want to live. Uh, so when I got to my doctor for my 12, 12 year follow-up or not 12 year follow-up, I'm not quite there. 12 month follow-up. Um, you know, he asked me how I was doing and I said the typical thing American men say when somebody asks you, how are you doing? You say, I'm doing fine. Uh, And he said, no, how are you really doing? So I, I really opened up to him and I said, you know, I'm, I'm actually not doing fine at all. Um, so I give a lot of credit. I obviously give credit to my oncologist for saving my physical life, but also for saving my emotional life because he, he took the time to make sure that, um, I was actually doing fine, not just saying I was doing fine. So I think, like the best thing that I can say there is be willing to admit it to yourself. And then also if, if somebody asks you how you're actually doing, as long as it's not, you know, just in conversation, like, how are you doing? If they're asking how you're really doing, be open and be vulnerable. I think that's, that takes a lot more strength than to just hold it in inside. And like you mentioned, you know, unfortunately men do commit suicide uh, at a far greater rate than our female counterparts. A lot of it is because we, we want to be, so strong and we want to be tough and we don't want to have other people worry to us well if, if you're not taking care of yourself you're not going to be there to take 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 care of other people and you know it's if if you had a broken leg it, you wouldn't just say i'm going to grin and merit and y- you would go to the hospital and you'd get a cast right. yeah so if you have some issues with your mental health it's the same thing your brain is just part of your body just like any other part mm-hmm. of mm, just another muscle <laughs> exactly um, Justin, I mean, your journey, um, both, I mean, physically and, but emotionally is just ins- inspirational, right? Um, and I, I want to kind of break this next question and maybe into two parts, um, a little bit. And so we, we've been talking about your journey, um, especially on the emotional side and the physical side as a therapist, uh, as a doctor, I'm a little bit more interested in the emotional side of things. Um, but what tips do you have for our listeners? Um, we always like to have tips for our listeners. Um, how can they improve their own emotional well-being? One, if they get a diagnosis, a cancer diagnosis like you did. Um, so you said in your, your own story, you didn't react the right way (laughs) to begin with. So, um, if they first get this type of diagnosis, how should they react? What tips would you have? Um, you know, from your own process and then just in general, 
Um, because I mean, you've had the significant journey about learning about living your best life. What general tips then for improving our own emotional well-being do you have for our yep. listeners? Absolutely. So I'll, I'll answer that in the two different parts yep. of that. Um, the first and foremost, if you're going, if you're diagnosed with uh, cancer, you are going to go through mental health things. I don't care what you say, you, you, you are going to. So find help immediately from that first yep. method of diagnosis and help. They, they do have therapists that do specialize in people who are going through cancer. And with, you know, I, th I think one of the greatest things that came out of the COVID pandemic was the wider, wider availability of telehealth. So you're no longer isolated to whatever therapist or you're in the area. You, you can see a therapist in a different country for, well, I don't know how this works, so maybe you couldn't, but, um, you can see a therapist anywhere in the country, <laughs> anywhere within the, probably the lower 48. I don't know if even if you can do it in Australia or not Australia, Australia, Alaska or Alaska. <laughs> Alaska. That's what I was trying to say. Um, but yeah, f find, find help immediately. And even when you don't think you need help or even when things are going good, still keep those appointments. Um, when I was seeing, uh, you know, there, there have been times where I had a therapy appointment and I was like, I don't have anything like wrong to talk about. So we just talk and celebrate successes and it was great um and also find something that works for you like a, as a personal outlet for me it was writing a lot um you know just writing down my feelings i found by getting them out of my head and on to or into a google doc really it wasn't really paper um that that helped me a lot so find find really what works for you and also especially if you're a guy going through um uh cancer find other guys who are going through cancer because Guys go through cancer differently than females. Um, I've been in there. One of my good friends, uh, Tra Trevor Maxwell, he started, um, he was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer a couple of years after my diagnosis. And um, he ended up starting a Facebook group called The Howling Place uh, as part of his like man up to cancer um, initiative where it's right now we're like 2000 men strong of guys going through cancer and we just connect. And there's a lot of people that I haven't ever met face to face but i know them well enough that i'll just check in and you know be like hey how are you doing um and really holding that space for them so that's you know those are the biggest things when you are diagnosed with cancer get help for your mental health immediately um you know it's you don't want to wait until it's too late um and then a lot of that kind of same stuff is what i'd say to just the general general guys going through things you know it's 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 a shame how let me figure out how to phrase this so men often have better access to care um because for whatever reason men this is kind of anecdotal but it's also kind of supported by research men have better access to care they're taken more seriously by doctors however they don't go to the doctor so we we have this weird dichotomy where we can get the highest level of care but we're not we're choosing not to do it um, so finding, finding mental health professionals. And again, it's, it's a lot easier nowadays to find a mental health professional who, who specializes in treating men, um, just opening up and talking to your friends, you know, it, it, it is, it is a lifesaver. And I know, you know, I've shared about my cancer story for years. Um, but when I started sharing about my mental health, that's where more people were like, you're so brave or you're so strong for sharing these things. And I don't always like those words associated with going through something. I'm just trying to be real. And 
I think that is the final advice is just be open and honest with everybody because the only way we're going to break this stigma is if we're all working together to break this stigma. And if you have a one-on-one conversation with somebody about mental health things, you know, that's going to let them know, hey, it's okay. And it's going to have a ripple effect out there. And when you speak up about it publicly, that, you know, you're, that's how you make a tsunami, I think. I'm also not great with meteorology, so maybe that's not. <laughs> We've learned uh, that Australia is not part of the lower 48. That's the takeaway you got, Christian. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, te- technically speaking, that's not wrong. Australia is not part of the lower yeah. <laughs> you are correct there and i i do know some actually really good therapists in australia actually so um that there probably is some possibility there though they probably don't take insurance you're right well i i will actually share a, a cool story about australia um there was they they this was a couple years ago they were there was some research institute in australia that was running um a global study about um, specific, uh, a very specific testicular cancer, uh, mental health. Oh yeah. I know this story. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead. It's a great story. Yeah. So I was, you know, appeared to be part of the pilot program and I participated in it and each day you had to check in how you're feeling. And so there were a couple of days that, um, I say a couple of days, probably close to like two weeks, two weeks that I was just saying, you know, I was feeling like a one out of 10, a two out of 10, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so after about two weeks of checking in the lead researcher who was based in Australia reached out to me personally to ask how I was doing and see, you know, what he could do to personally support. And while he was clearly not part of the lower 48, cause he was in Australia, yeah. um, he, he reached out from forever. And that that's one thing that always sticks with me is just by being honest with what I thought was just like a automated app. Somebody was actually checking in on me and that you can't, you can't underestimate the importance of that. That's really cool. That is like the best vision of what modern husbands can be as a community. Right. Genuine connections and offers of support, offers of a listening ear. Justin for president. 20, I don't know how old you are, Justin, but. Uh, I'm you- old enough to be president, I don't think yet. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what states are in this country, so probably shouldn't be. <laughs> I'll be president of Australia. It's fine. Yeah. So we we like to end our podcast with just one takeaway. What what is something that you want our listeners to walk away with that uh, is simple enough for them to take action? What would that be? Yeah, I think do do what is best for you and. I think that sums it up pretty nicely. You know, do what's best for your health. Do what's best for your mental health. Do what brings you happiness because we have one life on this earth um, and you want to make the best of it. And, you know, that's that's really what I think has been so important in my life over the past couple of years is, is doing things that bring me joy and just make me happy to be alive. Justin, thanks for joining us today. You're an inspiration. Yeah, Thanks for having me. Thanks, Justin. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to click subscribe wherever you download your podcasts and share the Modern Husbands podcast with your friends. A special thanks to our guest and of course to all of our listeners. Please be on the lookout for new and exciting announcements 
on modernhusbands.com. Until next time, be well.